hello there. And General Kenobi. <laughs> this is our first podcast. And it's actually Mute Code's first podcast as well. Yeah, that's us. I'm Maximus. I'm Aiden. And this time we're going to talk about Corona. And none of us have a clue. We're not medical professionals. I have been to the hospital many times, if you can count that. But, um, yeah. Do you have any experience in the medical field or something? Experience in the medical field? I mean, I think the same as you. I've been in hospitals. Multiple I almost lost my hand once. That was kind of fun. Not coronavirus-related at all, but... But we can go there. We can go there, yeah. Um, so I was a small child who decided that uh, it's okay to run with a glass bottle in your hand, especially downstairs. Turns out, physics doesn't agree. Yeah. I can see why you ended up in the hospital, to be honest. Uh-huh. <laughs> what about you? Um, I don't know. Like, I've broken so many bones. Mm. Where it's, like, kind of funny nowadays. So, I don't know. It's, like, bones. I crushed my finger with a 15-kilo stone. What else? Sounds like a start to a good song, actually. Start a good, a good song. You can make a good rap song out of this. I literally had like wet hands and dropped a stone on my finger. How would that make for a good rap song? Fair enough. Okay. Okay, so back to Corona. <laughs> back to Corona. We're getting out of hand. So, the the entire conversation started because we were discussing this like off the podcast. I'm like, we should actually bring this up because... Uh, during the corona like lockdowns that many countries had i was in greece in my hometown called ioannina and then item was in uh, i was in england at the time actually a little town well a little city exeter so yeah quite different experiences i guess i mean what what was it like for you like when it first started so basically um ssc closed down on a friday i flew out on a monday and then I think a week after that, that's in March, a week after that, the uh, entire Greece went into lockdown. So you couldn't get out of the house unless it was physical exercise or shopping or you had something really important to do, basically. But people ignored that. They were going into friends' houses, partying. There was a lot of policing going around. And that uh, is kind of unrelated, but that enhanced like a type of police state, I want to say, because the police got so much power at once where it was quite funny. But then the moment that the lockdown ended, like three months later, it was basically like back to normal, no corona, even though there were regulations, all the cafes and the bars had as many people as they had before. Like there was not a care in the world. I mean, that's kind of weird as well. I mean, did the police go back to normal as well? Or did they gain some sort of like superiority complex or? Not anymore. Because there was like a huge trial in Greece with um, the extreme right. And um, they were deemed as a criminal organization. And a lot of members of the police were like kind of part of that. So they, they it, it peaked at some point and then it just fell back down with that. But as a consequence of Corona, they're actually like more empowered. Interesting. I mean, I must say it was probably very different in England. I know there were some areas 
where they had problems with student parties, specifically like Manchester, I think was an issue. There was like a bunch of Corona parties, which like they had to shut down. But for the most part, like where I was, it was it was kind of serious. Like people were scared. I think there was a lot of old people in the area I lived. I think England in general, there's just a lot of old people everywhere, which is interesting. Um, so it was kind of the thing where I was staying with a different family at the time. My parents lived in a different city and uh, it was like, oh, right, we have to make sure we have enough food, like in case we can't go to the supermarket and like limiting transport and so on. It was pretty insane. I felt like I was in some sort of, I don't know, hunkering down for a zombie apocalypse kind of thing. But Okay, now, now it's your time to confess. Uh, how many rolls of toilet paper did you buy? Now, this is a question that, hmm, you might be surprised. I didn't buy any rolls of toilet paper. But that's because I just took it from the other people I lived with because I forgot. And I couldn't find any in the supermarket. So you're a toilet paper criminal, essentially. Yes. But for a good reason. <laughs> that means you can wash your butt. <laughs> it's like, sure, but okay, we're getting off topic. But like the the thing with uh, toilet paper and people like overstocking on dumb things like, what do you need toilet paper for if you don't have food to eat? It's like better buy canned goods than buy toilet paper. It's like you need you need to put things in a machine for something to come out. That That was kind of my thing. I was like, I I mean the concept of a bidet quite fun. So <laughs> that was Okay, so this that was from my, a Corona podcast to a bidet podcast. That so, was uh what my uh solution toilet paper was if I ran out. But um for food, yeah, it was like canned stuff was so important. Dried goods. I bought like four kilograms of pasta. Um a bit overkill, but like I really didn't know if I could get good pasta again. So it's uh just necessity but people were i think they were more worried about like coffee and cigarettes and alcohol maybe than they were actually concerned about buying food i think this is just in greece i shall not confirm neither <laughs> deny that statement that wasn't said by me so yeah perhaps but like personally um me and my friend, we were hanging out together for most of the quarantine, not at the same house. Like we were in the same city. We, because you need to text um, a number and explain why you're out in the road, out on the street, I mean. And we basically did that. And then we had cocktail nights because he's a trained bartender. Mm. So that's how we got through Corona because it was literally at home studying all day. And then someone would pop to someone else's house and then just, drink for a bunch of hours to kill some time talk with your friend like socialize a bit like outside of a screen and zoom and everything and that was a nice breath to call it that but we we were both we both have members in our families who were uh what do you call them at risk at risk yeah mm. so we we weren't risking it by coming in contact with outside people and masks and gloves and um, hand sanitizer and everything. So I don't know if that was smart or anything, but mentally it was it was the best choice for three month lockdown. I think 
Yeah, probably so. But it's kind of weird to think that now we kind of uh, don't realize how lucky we are in Sweden at the moment that we get all the freedom at the moment because a lot of countries are still in the same position. I know England just went back into a massive lockdown again without warning. Yeah, so it's it's kind of the situation where we're quite lucky here being able to even do this podcast right now. I mean, we're obviously respecting social distancing rules, but even still, that um, that opportunity is still not there. And I don't know, I don't know if it'll ever feel that normal again because I still like when I go to shake someone's hand. I just, I mean, obviously, I don't shake people's hand at the moment, but it's such a weird concept to me at the moment. I don't know what you feel. Honestly, on Saturday, I got kicked out of a club because I switched tables. And here in Sweden, you usually get kicked out because you drink too much and the security guards are not that polite about you getting the F out. But uh, it was a weird experience to get kicked out because I switched tables with a drink that I paid 200 crowns for, which is like 20-something euro. And it, it's, um, it's becoming such a paranoia in the sense that Sweden, since the beginning, decided that we are going to keep the country open. We're going to keep the economy mm-hmm. running. And now they're kind of backtracking. And at the same time, other countries are going back into lockdown. And the thing that I'm, I'm quite curious to see is in um, two years' time, five years' time, ten years' time, I don't know when these statistics come out, but did Sweden actually make the right choice? Or should they have been in a lockdown? I mean, I think it's one of the things where a lot of people are saying that some country had to try it. Because it was a, a method that was suggested by, by many professionals. However, it's a, it's a scary method to take. It was risky and required a lot of coordination, a lot of trust in, um, in both the government and the people. And I suppose Sweden, Sweden thought it was in that position to do so. And, you know... I guess at the moment, we don't know. I mean, I know there's an article that we both found um, that explains, I think it's by Dagens Nyheter, which is a Swedish newspaper that explains that um, Sweden might be on the road to having an excess of deaths this year, so more deaths than average, uh, which I don't know if that's surprising in this context or whether it's just you know, what what you should expect. But more deaths than average doesn't say anything to me because it's like everyone was locked in their houses and instead of people dying from like car accidents or I don't know, I don't want to say gang violence because there is no, there is gang violence in Sweden. There is everywhere if you try and look for it. But my point is maybe the people who would have died either way, which sounds like a terrible thing to say, might have been replaced by other people. And the, the idea of Sweden doing this was the immunity of the pack. What's what's it called? Herd immunity, I believe. Herd immunity, that's the mm. term. And I don't know if it's good because obviously uh, our, we don't want our grandparents or our parents or relatives that are high risk to perish because of something so profound. I guess because we haven't seen a, I can call it a plague now because it's been going on for nearly like a year. It's like nine months into this. Yeah. And um, there is a big panic going on for the second wave. And to to jump back to the original point about Sweden, it's like 
it might have been the best choice, it might have been the worst choice, but there are countries who went into lockdown and still had the same results. There are countries that had it worse. Like, I was laughing at the US when they had the corona parties to get people infected. And then the people organizing them actually died, which is sad. But what did you expect? Like, why, why is there, why do they doubt scientists so much? Not the Americans specifically. Like all these conspiracy theories and everything. Why are they doubted at this point in time? And we end up having to die for no reason at all while you could have just stayed at home, wore a mask, cleaned your hands, and you might have been safe. And I think it's one of the things, uh, it's, it's a panic-based scenario, isn't it? And honestly, this is my, this is my own opinion. But um, when you look at, for example, uh, in, in World War II, like all the soldiers that came home, they, they, they changed some facts about their life because of uh, shell shock. And it was kind of like a certain situation sent them into panic mode. And I think in, in this context, you just have a lot of people that don't know how to deal with that level of, of stress or severity. And, you know, there are different ways of dealing with it. Some people deal with it through comedy. There's been a lot of comedy videos lately just on coronavirus. Or some people get very depressed. Or some people, you know, try to combat it and try to create some different theory to make themselves feel better. But, you know, it, obviously it's, it's not going to function. As we expect. But the, the bigger issue is in what I was leading to. I, I agree with what you're saying, that it's a coping mechanism in some sense. Mm. But it's like tied with this doubtfulness of science. We are like, I want to get into the anti-vaccine thing. Yeah. I'm not saying all vaccines are good. Go vaccinate yourself. By no stretch of the imagination. I think that some vaccines are worth doing. Others have such side effects that are like it's it's more worth the risk to get that disease and go through it, even if it's going to be hard, than actually have the side effects of a, that specific vaccine. I, I don't have anything in mind right now. I just know about side effects of different vaccines that I've talked about with medical professionals. Yep. And so now, yesterday, I think it was Monday, or today is Monday. Uh, today's Tuesday. Okay, today's Tuesday, so I was right. So yesterday, Monday, uh, Pfizer, a big American pharmaceutical company, came out with a, with a article. I, I haven't sent oh. you this one, but I can throw it in the document, by the way. Give me a second. Okay, so basically Pfizer came out with a statement saying that they have a vaccine that's 90% effective. And they're... On the, on the final stages of like testing. And it seems like we actually will have a vaccine. But the thing is that this, this was reported by the New York Times. But yeah. if we move over to Reuters, uh, Russia actually has another vaccine, which is called the Sputnik V, which has exactly the same characteristic. It's 90% effective, but no one talks about the Russian vaccine. Everyone is just hyped over the Pfizer one. And then I saw that Europe was buying it. They were buying huge quantities. And then Brazil was in talks of buying the same vaccine. The US mm -hmm. is in talks of buying the same vaccine. And it's like, we don't even know the side effects of it yet. 
I think it's just it's one of those things where it's it's such a scary situation right now of what could happen in the second wave or will it ever go away that company that country is going to try anything they can to um to secure some sort of at least I don't know trust from the people that that we can do something about it but it is quite scary I mean I I have um on the news there was quite a lot of talk about um, Russia's vaccine being too fast to, uh, to develop and not being tested enough. Um, and in the US, you know, like the same thing, like there's not enough knowledge about side yeah. effects and so on. And it seems like the media who usually um, support either one side of the government or the other in some cases are also questioning this uh, the situation. And... Um, I mean, it's making the the general public question the entire idea of these vaccines as well. So it, I don't know how much it's helping right now to be ordering so quickly. I'm I'm not quite sure because like I'm quite skeptical about vaccines and antibiotics and everything, and I usually weigh those things uh, really heavily be- before I take a decision like that. And. At this point, for me, I think I might have gone, like, I might have had corona at some point Mm. because I got really sick, which is unusual for me. I got, like, 40-something degree fever, 40, 41, I believe, degree fever back in January to February 2020. And um, for some reason, I'm, I'm a smoker. So I stopped smoking for three weeks for no reason, and it was tonsillitis, which I haven't had for five years. I had to take really strong antibiotics. And then combined with that, I stopped smoking, which is like, why would that happen for something that's in the throat? That's my way of thinking, but that that might be dumb. The thing is that it might have been like my weakest point in my body and the virus struck there. And I've heard another friend, his girlfriend actually had that problem. She got tonsillitis and then she went to the hospital to get treated. And they actually checked her and she had corona. Yeah, and it it didn't have any symptoms. It, it, there was some lack of lack of taste mm. and lack of smell, and the, their her senses weren't as they should have been. But my point is that it you you never know. Like I, I have booked a day to get tested for it if I have antibodies, but still, if most of the population can go through it in a week with just antibiotics for treating something else or like just have a fever and be down for 15 days, I believe that is more worth it for future generations because if we keep shoving like antibiotics down and keep vaccinating, viruses do become stronger. Mm. And that's that's a fact. Yeah, they, they do mutate and they do change. And that's kind of the scary part. And I guess that's why again, governments are probably trying to buy up all these vaccines to try to get it done as quickly as possible, regardless of the risks involved. Or maybe they're taking that into account, but I don't know what to what extent. I think um, kind of to wrap up here, because we have um, been going for longer than I expected. We no, did. no, we, we're quite good. We have 10 minutes left. 10 minutes left. Yeah. Well, Shoot. this is going to be an interesting topic anyway, so hopefully it covers 10 minutes. But... Um, Stock markets have been interesting since the start of coronavirus. It, it's really funny because we saw a rise of like um, 
at-home work support apps, if you mm. could call it that, or websites. And um, like out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like no one had heard of Zoom before, at least in uh, my circle. Uh, is it the same for you? Yeah. And then Zoom just pops up. And all the apps that help you, like work out at home, uh, video conferencing, Amazon, and other stocks like that, and medical stocks, obviously, yeah, yeah. it just shot up. Not extremely, but it was really noticeable. And the consumers, the, the regular investors, I mean, they were investing. And the moment that they heard Corona, they just panic sold. Yeah. So it tanks the market. And then other investors see that they might have sold because of the panic. They see the price and they buy again. So the market right now is in a roller coaster. It's incredibly, incredibly so. I mean, I remember the oil market. The last time I've seen it so shaky was back in, I think, 2012 or 2014. There's some massive issues in the oil market. Um, and, and since then, I, I never thought it'd be so unstable again. I thought, okay, it'll probably phase out over time because of renewable energy and so on. But no, I remember the day when I saw the stocks drop so low just a direct not even a an angle just straight down <laughs> i was like okay that's kind of worrying because uh, because even though i'm very environmentally friendly and and in some ways it should seem good to me it is also a very big part of the economy and to see something that's so strong in the economy fall that drastically that quickly lets you know things are going badly <laughs> but i think it it's more the panic yeah. That's causing this. And so we're, we're both uh, students here at uh, SSC. I'm studying retail management. Yeah, I'm doing business and economics. So we, we kind of have a sense. I'm a second year. Aiden's a first year. Mm. But the thing is that it like people who understand the market for so many years and they, the models exist for this, they would have never anticipated such like movement or like they anticipated it, but they didn't expect that it would go so badly. Because at the same time as the corona, there was the US elections. Yeah. Which was basically a shit show. Yeah. It was like reality TV, but playing with 300 something million people's lives. Exactly. Uh, slightly concerning. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, um, it has been quite a situation. There's so many things that's gone on this year. On a world-class uh, scale, that's just really hard to deal with in context of uh, a major virus as well. I mean, yeah. you had a lot of environmental issues this year as well. A lot of fires that were huge, but I don't know how they caught. There was the Australian fires and the Californian fires. Oh yeah, I remember it was like. And then the Amazon. Yeah, the year, last year. The year started with like we're on fire memes, then proceeded to okay World War Three memes. Yeah. And then it's like a plague, <laughs> 1920s, back at it again, like the witch doctor masks and everything. You know, it was actually, it's really interesting. I feel like if you look back four years later and you look back at this year, you could probably figure out what happened this year through memes. Or, or at least... Or Timidate's life is all I'm going to say. <laughs> or it's the other way around. I, I never remember. Hmm. Not sure. But uh, let's keep it at that. Let's keep it at that. But um, just just to reference all of these random things we're saying, it's probably due to the fact that it is twelve o three in the morning. 
So uh, part not, not of in the, the morning. It's like night. It's midnight. Yes, yes, exactly. Twelve or three a.m. Yeah, um, that explains why we're coming off track so easily. We're very tired, probably. We're basically the dog from Up, where we like see a squirrel and we're like squirrel. Yeah. Just change topic, basically. Just change topic all of a sudden. No, but it works. I think it's the best time to think and then get rid of all your thoughts and then fall asleep right on the floor after this. Yeah, and then the president of the media committee will come in tomorrow and see two bodies on the floor. Real nice. Yeah, it's going to be great. Everyone loves us here. Um, but, but yeah. Um, yeah, like, two, because we're we're running out of time, let's call it that. So. This will be a weekly podcast, so expect more episodes. Uh, yeah. We're going to have guests from um, Stockholm School of Economics on. We're going to try and have other companies either come in or Zoom into our podcast, and we're going to discuss topics, like depending on the week, depending on the news, depending on the subject that the company deals with, depending on the story of the person. We might have friends over that have done something that's remarkable. We might have friends that just sit in their mom's basement and game all day. But this is what to expect from us. Yeah. I think it's just, um, it's kind of in the name. You know, when we thought about the name of this podcast, uh, it was a situation where we're like, oh, when do we listen to this podcast? When do you listen to podcasts? And I was like, on the metro, when I'm commuting, school. And I was like, okay, let's model the entire thing around how long commute is. And then that's where Mute Co. came from because... It, it's basically the opposite thing. Yeah. And the average commute in Stockholm is like 30 minutes. So we're going to try keep it under 30 minutes, get you as informed, get you start, like, start your thinking process, essentially. We just throw nuggets of information for you to pick on and then just learn on your own. I mean, the hope is that you like it. Uh, <laughs> I mean... My mother didn't like me when I was young. <laughs> no, that's not the subject of the podcast. <laughs> this is this is basically the end of it. So, I guess, thank you for listening to our first episode. Yeah, thanks a lot. We uh, hope you enjoyed this. Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next time. Yep. Good night.